Hey, welcome back to the Guildhall School Events Podcast. And today we're going to be talking about our upcoming double bill of contrasting Russian masterpieces with Stravinsky's Mavra and Tchaikovsky's Yolanta. We're joined today by Bianca Andrew and Joanna Skillet, who will be singing in this exciting double bill. So Bianca, Joanna, thanks very much for joining us today. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Pleasure, thanks. Uh, so we'll start off. Could you give us maybe a, a brief intro to the to the two operas mm. and perhaps why, tell us why you think these, they've been grouped together as a, as a pairing? Mm. Uh, maybe I could start by talking about Mavra, which is uh, by Stravinsky. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the first the first piece of the double bill that the audiences will see when they come along to the performance. Yeah. And um, Stravinsky dedicated his little opera of Mavra to the memory of Pushkin, Glinka and Tchaikovsky. So I think in that sense, uh, it's it's really a fitting mm. opener, I suppose, mm. for something like Yolanta, um, of an opera that is... That, you know that's been conceived in the great kind of operatic tradition of um, of Russian music, um, and I think well, I can remember also our conductor Dominic Wheeler telling us that both Stravinsky thought that Mavra was you know his best composition, mm. and um, Tchaikovsky thought that Yolanta was, was his best, his best composition. Well. So it's quite interesting to put those two pieces together, and um, and you can really you can sense how much love has gone into both of the pieces, you know from from their creators. And so uh, who are you both playing in, in both of the operas and how have you how have you prepared for your roles? Have you gone back and looked at previous performances of, of both of these operas to get inspiration or have you gone into it clean and just trying to get your own take on on the operas? I mean, um, we've, we were told about the double bill back in uh, spring term last year mm-hmm. and, um, of course, excitement just hit straight away. Um, it was fantastic. It was so exciting and immediately you rush out and get a score, get a recording, get anything you can possibly get your hands on. And then a couple of days later, the kind of reality hits of, wow, this is this is quite a big lot of work we have <laughs> to, to prepare. And uh, I think the preparation was key for, for all of us to really get to grips with the idea of a double bill and just how big this opportunity would be to mm. present something as, as, as sublime as, as Yolanta and Mavra. It's very odd not being in Mavra, actually. I feel like I've done half the yeah. work. <laughs> And uh, coming on with something not 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 a as as so contrasting as yeah. the Atlanta later, but um, I certainly I prepared a lot by starting with the text and the story. I mean, it was based on a Danish play called King Rene's Daughter, and Tchaikovsky adapted it for Yolanta, the opera. And um, there's wonderful recordings out there that were certainly helpful to listen to and um, to get a sense of the story. And we had some fantastic coaches that we worked with, Ed Whitehead and Lada on us, who helped with our Russian diction, our language and conversation between the characters and grammar. And um, and it's just been a wonderful process to have the time to really get involved in the juice and the kind of dramatic intensity mm. that Russian opera deserves and demands mm. of, of, of singers. Yeah, it's been mm. fantastic. Yeah. I think a really cool thing for us this term was working with our director, Kelly Robinson, who we've all worked with uh, last year when we were doing the spring the spring opera scenes. Mm-hmm. I think every production and every opera production that you go and work on is always going to be very different depending on the creative team that you're working with. And uh, every director has a different approach to the work and how, how to work as a cast. And I think one of, um, I mean, for me, and I'm sure for, for everyone else involved in the productions, it was really wonderful. We spent the first, probably the first two weeks of our, you know, of our complete rehearsal call mm-hmm. doing table work, sitting around a table all together yeah. as a cast with, with our conductor, Dominic Weeder, and our director, Kelly Robinson. And we read through both of the operas, just the text. Mm. And 
it's quite a uh, I think it's quite a good way of working really because it forces you to look at you know the bare bones of of the story and um, Kelly is uh, is very passionate about challenging your perceptions of your character or the or other people's characters in, in the sense that he um, he doesn't let us just make assumptions about what a character might mean when they say something or what what kind of person they are. Um, he only lets us, you know, take what is in the text mm. and that's kind of all we have to work with. So we didn't talk about, you know, the concept or the setting or, or really anything like that until after we'd done all of that groundwork on on the text of both of the operas. So when the concept was was shown to us sort of after, you know at like maybe week three mm. it was wonderful because they were you know we weren't really expecting to be doing the shows in the way that we are I think they're very imaginative and creative and it's quite good though to have done all of that work mm. on your character and then you find your character finds themselves in this strange world you mm. know and and you you just have to have to make it work and and it does work because you've done all of that yeah. all of that yeah. groundwork at the beginning yeah mm. i think it made it much more accessible to us as performers and artists to strip everything back and just look at the truth look at what was there so that when we were presented with the con when the concept it just took it to a whole other level in terms of everything we could bring to life and mm. the fact that i don't think it could have been as creative and and atmospheric as it is without having done all the the back work that, mm. that we did at the start of the term together. Mm. I think that really brought the team together as well. So everybody mm. was on the same page, as it were, in terms of where we wanted to take both stories. Yeah. And you mentioned that Yelanta uh, is going to be sung in, in Russian, so you've had a, a Russian. <laughs> <laughs> How have you, I mean, are you a Russian speaker? How have you managed to tackle that challenge of, of singing? Tackle in the Russian? challenge, yes. Um, <laughs> Russian is, um, it's, oh, it's, started in such a beautiful language and I have the utmost respect for it and as soon as we uh, we knew it was the Alanta we were doing I made sure I spent a lot of time just on the text and mm. understanding not only the Cyrillic but also the grammar and how it was formed and um, working one-on-one -on -one in conversation coaches over the summer was a really great way of just finding inflictions of the language and how to um, envelope certain sounds and um, really bring it to life. Um, in a way that didn't sound like I was reading phonetic to phonetic. Yeah, or, yeah. Um, and I just think it shows greater respect as well. And I hope that comes across in, in maybe more flexible than just uh, reading a chart, say. But Lada, our Russian coach, is, is fantastic at encouraging young singers because it can be quite scary. There are sounds that we don't have in our native language mm, that, course, yeah. that actually open a lot of doors for singers to be quite expressive. I, I, I find singing Yolanta, some of the, the way the words are crafted... Find them, I find it so accessible to, to tell her story mm. um, and the way the words are painted by Tchaikovsky in the music just say how she's feeling in a way that, you know, they just couldn't any other way. Yeah. It's mm. really at the heart of Russian opera. And um, preparing it was was a long process, but that was okay. I was I was <laughs> it's just step by step. And as much as I just wanted to sing through the whole of it because it's just beautiful, but I really took the respect of it more mm. and just thought slow and steady and yeah. working with fantastic people that encourage you and um, and you'd gradually find your confidence start to build when you um, you say, am I sounding okay? Is that all right <laughs> today? And um, it's beautiful to sing. It really is. It's like being given, I think, with Russian. I mean, we, we have to sing in so many different languages, mm. but, you know, Russian 
is a language that we probably sing the least and I would say in mm. in England and there's something it's wonderful learning a new language like that because it sort of opens up these new emotional doors or emo- colors I suppose and in our voices you get this you get an entirely new palette to work mm. with because the because the the darkness or the lightness of the vowels are so very different to uh, our native tongues and you know even to French German mm. Italian mm. it's just an entire entire different world so f- for for us it means we just we get to play a little bit more <laughs> and and you know we, we've got such great guidance from from Lada and and yeah. uh, our director and conductor so it's it's just quite a gift yeah. really it's very difficult but mm. it's it is a gift we were given a scene last year the war and peace together where we were the first kind of like stepping into the water of Russian opera and mm. uh, to now do the whole shebang as it were and the whole, a whole opera like Yolanta together is it's pretty mm. fun, isn't it? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's really it great. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, since since War and Peace, I've had a few song cycles in Russian and just delved into more repertoire from that. Mm. But to come back and do a, mm. a full opera in it, it's, it's really exciting and such a, a wonderful challenge that I'm very humbled to have had the opportunity to be a part of. What, what, what are you enjoying most about preparing and getting ready for the performances at the end of October and start of November? Is there sort of one thing about your characters or about, about the operas that you're particularly enjoying? Um, I, think, I think what's great, we're now into the stage where we're, we've, we're doing stage and piano, stage and orchestra rehearsals, and mm-hmm. towards the end of this week we move into dress rehearsals. So I, I think this is, this is kind of the most exciting part, um, mm. apart from the performances, you know, which, which are wonderful. But this time is, is quite interesting because suddenly you go from having been in a rehearsal room with just a piano to being on the set so now you've got an entire world for your character to take in and discover and it just uh it's really it's really wonderful and suddenly you're in costume so that always has an effect on on the way that you you feel your character moving in the space and the way that you communicate with other people on stage so i think it's quite it's quite exciting and and then i think it, it because we're running these scenes over and over again to make sure that we're all, you know, the the set and the props are working properly mm. and all that sort of stuff, it means that we can play around with how we are performing each scene, and it's good to good to experience that. The the, the mm. slight changes you can make to the inflection of how you might sing a line, or you know, where you know you just change the slightest thing, but it can have a massive impact on on the the strength of the relationships between different characters mm. on stage. And this, I think, an important point is that these these operas are double cast, so that you know all of us in in the opera course here have an opportunity to perform several roles. Mm. And um, I find it fascinating when I'm sitting in the audience watching watching that the other cast doing the performance is great because you go, oh, we could really work on that moment there, or you you know you notice opportunities for for making particular moments stronger. It's I just find that really mm. fascinating, and we're a good bunch you know we all as a year group we are very close and we get on very well we know each other's strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and I think we're we're very supportive of one another mm-hmm. and I think we all feel pretty comfortable giving each other ideas and critique and feedback and that's a really important part of this process as well um, mm-hmm. learning how to be really good colleagues mm-hmm. and and good opera professionals basically yeah it's interesting what you said about the, the fact that it's double cast are you finding it kind of, it's kind of giving you an opportunity to step back a little bit from what you're doing and seeing others performing it around the same time as you're preparing the role and that kind of thing does it 
Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say step to... back as such. It's it's a different um, seat to sit in, which I think we're, we're quite privileged to mm. to be able to do. Because in, most times when you have a double cast, you're either performing on different nights and you're on a different show, or you're slightly later in the in the bill if they're bringing the show back in a season. Right. Okay. Um, so. To be able to be in each other's rehearsals and, you know, high five and tag in and <laughs> and swap and, and watch people really bringing the role uh, to life, especially one like Yolanta that I'm showing with Elizabeth Skinner, to see the different concepts and and what we find in the text with each with movements and choreography and just and just to show her Yolanta's innocence in a way that uh, is really interesting to watch and sit back. And then when you go back onto the stage, when it's time to swap, as it were, mm. You find a kind of freshness in there that you're not just picking up from where you left off, but mm. you're working with colleagues that are so creative that you've just you've, it's all blended in together, and you think, yeah, oh, okay, this, right. is, this yeah. is a new this is a new road that I wouldn't have had on my own. I think that's so important, mm. and especially as young artists, to to remember that you are learning all the time and incorporating and um, and developing together, which is great, especially mm. in a in a cast like like we have. We're very lucky. Yeah, yeah. but also it's super helpful when you suddenly can't remember where you're, <laughs> yeah. where you're meant to go on stage and there's sort of this a slight head bob. The semaphore that happens between, you know, the two casts. You go, where am I supposed to go? You know, and they the teamwork. Try and show you where to go. But it's great, you know, and, and there, there are some really, I mean, especially in Mavra, we've not talked much about Mavra, but my God, it's so difficult. It's like 27 minutes of just this incredibly precise, emotive, comedic, action you know mm. it just does not stop and um that's frightening you know for a performer <laughs> it really is because uh, you know that you know it's often the um the smallest roles in a big opera that are the that are the most scary because you've only got a tiny bit to sing mm. so if you screw that up it's like it's terrible You're trying to get it back on that roller coaster no. <laughs> but it's um you know so it's such a short opera so we have to the amount of focus that it takes is is absolutely enormous so it's it's wonderful to to have another cast there to to sit down with at the end of a day and go how on earth, how are we going to make this work mm -hmm. how can we make this sharper more effective how can we make our job easier and make sure that we're you know being a good colleague for all of our other mm. you know mates on stage so that's that's really wonderful when you've got someone there you know to bounce ideas off I yeah. think that's something I was going to ask actually because mm. the cast for Mavra is is a very small yes. cast compared to Yolanta which has about <laughs> we have a few. Sort of 10 or so <laughs> yes. characters and then a chorus of 26 yeah. in the background as well and you're singing in in both operas mm. how have you found the kind of the difference between the two has it been have you just been kind of preparing for them both and it's all part of the same thing for you? Yeah, I mean, you, um, so some of us, are, some of us are double, I think, are we all, no, all of us in, in Mavra are, are double cast in Yolanta as well. So, I mean, it's just, it's such a different piece of music and, um, uh, you know, it, it, it feels manageable and mm. it's kind of, it's nice to be doing something that's so different to the Tchaikovsky, but that comes from that tradition, you know, mm. so, uh, so that's really enjoyable. But I mean, it, it is a very small cast, so you know, you spend a lot of time together, obviously. And I think uh, because we've we've seen a lot of each other in rehearsals, obviously, so that creates the necessary rapport that you, that you need on stage to make it work. But it's the same sort of idea for any production that you work on, you know. You're, you do become very close with your yeah, colleagues yeah. and um, you work very, very hard to, to get a show to the performance mm -hmm. date. So 
there's not I don't, I don't really feel like there's any difference in my level of preparation mm. um, or my level of focus or anyone's level of focus mm. in in a, a shorter opera with a smaller cast like Mavra compared to the work we do in the Tchaikovsky it's, okay. it's exactly mm. the same mm. and so what uh, what do you think audiences can expect on the night I mean is there anything you can tell us about the, the <laughs> staging and the design of, of either of the operas what can people expect when they when they mm. walk through the doors I think the main sort of the main point um about the setting of the two operas is the the time that we've set them in so iolanta was originally a, a kind of medieval-esque sort of story mm-hmm. um and mavra sort of this provincial russian old world kind of story as well mm-hmm. but we've uh, we they've been updated and it's not really a great word to use but they're now set sort of in the 50s early 60s okay that's not just for just for any old reason it's mm. it's because um sort of the, it was around this time where the feminist movement was just starting to sort of grow its roots and um women were starting to ask the question is is this all there is you know mm. to my life as as a woman and you know am I is this all that I am supposed to do is this all that's expected of me is is just being a, a dedicated wife and a mother and a homemaker etc cetera, etc cetera. is that all that I'm going to be you know and these two stories deal with women who are in a similar situation where they're sort of, I think our director, um, Kelly, describes it as it's sort of they're both almost sleeping beauty stories where they're these women who are kept in these um, somewhat confined spaces mm-hmm. uh, away from the world. They're both at, a, at that age where they're, they really are just about to break out into, into being a young woman. And um, so that's why we've said it at that time. Right, okay. And in Mavra... It's a very claustrophobic kind of environment. Um, the uh, The story is set in a little house where a mother lives with her daughter, her daughter Parasha. And these two women are clearly um, hoarders of sorts and uh, they're very influenced by all of the depictions of women that they see in the in the media, on television and on, you know, in magazines mm. and things. So their house is full of crap, you know, just <laughs> clothes and televisions and rubbish and everything and the reason why it's so untidy is because their maid Fiocla died um, a little while ago mm-hmm. and uh, in fact audiences should keep an eye out for Fiocla because they might be able to spy her amidst the, the rubbish <laughs> um, but they they don't have a maid so they're living in, in, in a complete pigsty and mm-hmm. instead of doing something about it themselves the mother says well we must find a new maid please could you go and try and find us one and Parasha is a uh, young, you know, she's sort of in her late teens, I guess, and she has recently met a rather nice boy and they're madly in love, as teenagers tend to be. And she comes up with a wonderful plan of, um, you know, bringing him into the house disguised as a maid so that they can be together. But, uh, yeah, this, the plan doesn't quite go as, as they would expect, so you'll find out what happens at the end. <laughs> And um, and maybe you'd like to talk about Yolanta. Yes, and in regards to the setting of Yolanta, obviously it's as I'm being very careful not to give too much away here with the set design. I might <laughs> might be angry with me, but um, um, set in the 50s, 60s with something um, that was going on at the time. It's it's very much the setting is um, about control and about the the space that Yolanta is in is still confined mm. and protected, and the world is created for her, and she knows no different. So in that sense, oh, yeah. it is it is still very much present and yeah. um, 
And it's, it's fascinating the level of, of depiction of that the room itself has, where she is kept, the way that things are influenced for her, um, her senses and the environment around her that is her world. Mm. Uh, it's very exciting, very, mm. very exciting concept that, that the king is, is creating for her. Mm. Yeah, and I mean, an important note is that she's, we should tell audiences, is that she's blind she's been blind from almost since birth and she doesn't and she has no idea that's the key thing and like i'm in awe of of joanna and liz and the way that they are blind perform (laughs) well yeah i mean it's that's quite a quite a challenge to Mm. to ask someone to to sing to be expressive but to to you know to act being without sight and that was i think that was something that our director and the and the designer they were really interested in what that meant in the in the original mm. story she's in a she's in a garden a beautiful garden and she's tended to by some by some lovely ladies that look after her and make mm. make everything better for mm. her and try to prevent her from finding out the truth of her own blindness mm. this is important that she mm. doesn't know because her father the king fears that it would destroy her so she lacks for nothing but actually she she does sense that something's not quite right and um, there were some experiments that were carried out in the 50s and 60s in Canada mm. which were funded by the CIA interestingly and there was a particular project called MK Ultra which was a set of experiments looking into how you could brainwash people how you could manipulate their 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 mind and their experience by using sensory um, deprivation sensory different kinds of sensory stimulus mm. and and things um, and it's a, it's a true story and some really dodgy stuff went on and um, and this has actually been the the little seed of, of the begin of, of Yolanta and how it come it does definitely come into the way that we've set the opera um, and mm-hmm. I think it I think it's quite something for audiences. It's very experience. enticing. People are going to have to rush out and get tickets. Yes, well, absolutely. <laughs> get your tickets and do some reading about MK Ultra because there's, you know, you can mm-hmm. learn a lot from from doing that. Yeah. And Joanna, do you have uh, any advice for up and coming singers, aspiring singers, <laughs> that this that this experience, has, if it's given you a new appreciation of certain things or a, a new understanding of, of certain things in, in, in opera? Oh, definitely. I mean, I don't know if I'm qualified to give advice for young singers because <laughs> I feel like we're still all learning all the time. I mm. think that's. I think one of the main things it's taught me this whole process is that it takes time and that's okay mm. because if you take the time the work can be done to the highest degree and then that allows you to um, come to things like musicals and sing through the music and then mm. the next level of production calls and get to know the production and story together and then move to um, studio runs and staging and everything builds layer upon layer to lead to what we are in this week which is piano dress and dress rehearsals mm-hmm. which is the most exciting week <laughs> and the countdown to the shows really begins and and everyone's getting excited around you but mm. you know you have that core that kind of stability of all the work you've done throughout yeah. to really to drive you this next week and you can still build um everything's coming together still yeah. and it's just exciting and one thing our director says to us is that it's so it is so much work it really is but it's so rewarding and you have to remember sometimes to just stop when you're climbing this mountain of Yelanta and Mavra 
to just stop and look back at how far you've come mm. and realize, oh yeah, actually in March when I start, when I opened the script, oh I love the overture, but and then I was scared when Elan starts singing <laughs> and uh, how how much you've accomplished over the last five six months. Mm. It's really, it's really been quite a journey. And I would say for young singers especially to remember that I think that would be something that I take forward in, in everything, in uh, outside the double bill as well, mm. to remember that it takes time and to follow your intuition l- w- with your learning, work on the languages, listen to singers, go mm. to concerts, just explore everything and keep learning, ask questions, yeah. you know, be there on time with the music ready to go so you can absorb everything that these wonderful musicians in the pit, on the stage, backstage, in the classrooms, in your singing lessons are, are are creating this music with you. And it's just it's just a privilege what we do. And I think if you're really willing to give it your absolute all, you will get just a lifetime of joy out of it. Mm. And I think this um this double bill is just great. It really will be a fantastic show because of everybody that's been involved right from the start, from the first concept to the the final night curtain down. It would just be something very special that that every single person um, involved can be immensely proud of. Mm. And I hope that all the work that we've done will pay tribute to these phenomenal composers and, and this prestigious works. That's a lovely note to end on. Uh, huge thanks, Joanna and to Bianca as well, for, for joining us today. And best of luck with the Thank performances. you. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> uh, our double bill of Stravinsky's Mavra and Tchaikovsky's Yolanta uh, is playing on the 31st of October and the 2nd, 4th and 7th of November of this year in the Silk Street Theatre. And tickets are available from the Barbican box office in person on the phone or online. And you can buy tickets as well from our website, gsmd.ac.uk. Uh, you can follow the Guildhall School on Twitter. We're at Guildhall School. And you can find more of these podcasts on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com slash School, And find more of the podcasts on iTunes and all other good podcasting apps as well. And if you do enjoy these, do rate and review us because it helps other people find the show as well. Uh, thanks again to Bianca and Joanna for joining us today. And thanks for listening to the Guildhall School events podcast. Mm-hmm.